Hello, nerds, and welcome to Technomancers, a D&D podcast coming to you from the London offices of Elastacloud. I'm fading reality star Ivan Brett, and I'm joined today by four data wizards, four neural network necromancers, four alchemists of the algorithm, who I'm lucky enough to call my friends and colleagues. Would you please introduce yourselves in alphabetical order, each citing your favourite monster from the Monster Manual? I'm Andy Cross, and I will be playing Nigel Hellscream, uh, and my favourite, and slightly boring, but it's always something that no one expects, uh, it's the Mimic. You walk up, you think it's a box, you're going to lose it, you're going to get your first, you're probably like a level one, absolutely useless creature, and uh, you open up the box, and it nearly absolutely wipes you out within about the first three seconds of gameplay. Um... I think I've been killed by them about three times in my uh, D&D career. Uh, that probably says more about how much D&D I've played than, and my skill at it than, <laughs> than how dangerous that monster actually is. Having killed that many times <laughs> by the Mimic, it's got a, a very soft spot in my heart. Having frantically done the alphabet in my head, I think it's me. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm um, Misha. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an apprentice at Last Cloud. Uh, favorite, and I think it's it's a displacer beast. It's like a lovely, scary, frightening cat with you know, frightening face, tentacles, <laughs> as the description definitely says in the monster. What we have here is somebody who doesn't know their alphabet. Who could it possibly be? There's two people left in this podcast, and either of them <laughs> oh could God. come next. I comes before I. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This was the challenge. So, this was the final boss of the podcast. I so you know. totally failed. Well, given given that given that we need a bit of consistency here, and failure is the name of the game in this podcast, <laughs> uh, let's start on a win. Um, so, uh, so I would have to say, uh, and I don't mean to be cliche by this, but it would have to be the mind player, um, because we, I I think I even blurred it. Uh, I, I got rid of it from my memory, but I think that that was probably the worst total party kill that we had when uh, Kevin was a DM and uh, just decided to dro- destroy us all um, at the same time. So uh, that sticks in my mind, um, and that's my chosen monster. But so I we, know your favorite mon- we know your favourite monster, but we don't know your name. Oh, um, my, my real world name. Yes, please. Oh, I'm Richard, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is where I feel like I'm in a support group. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Do I get a badge? Um, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but um, uh, so, yeah, one of the uh, founders of Elastic Cloud, very, very techy nerdy, um, still just about deserves the title of nerd, um, although manager nerd maybe. Um, oh, no. And uh, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to this uh, to this session. Well, hi, I'm. I'm going to be playing Linus of Menardis, and I would have to say that my favourite creature from the Monster Manual is probably the Aboleth, just because it's a it's a solid solid creature to go to. Um, being able to enslave the parties just always really satisfying when it goes off. And not only that, but if you're in a panic and you open the Monster Manual, I believe it's like page one or two. So always a reliable a reliable monster when you're when you're in a bit of a pickle. Wonderful. As always, and I'm sure I've told you this before, guys, but you're all wrong. It is Dretch, the farting dog pig. There is no discussion about this. Dretch will always be the best monster in the Monster Manual. Uh, I feel like I've told you this before. It's weird that you still have a different opinion from mine. Um, if 
you listening are not familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, hi, welcome. We'll be collaboratively telling a story using dice to help us figure it out. It's just like a true crime podcast, except it's not true, and the only crimes committed will be my bad accents. A little twist in our campaign is that I've asked the players to build characters with intelligence as their strongest stat. That's limiting. Only two classes outwardly value intelligence, plus a couple of subclasses. And the unearthed Arcana class, Mystic, that was abandoned by Wizards of the Coast because it was too complicated. So we're going to use that too. Um, and, uh, and that's it. We're going to jump into it. If you're new to this, sit back and enjoy. If you know Dungeons and Dragons, judge us. Tell us what we're doing wrong. That's all part of the fun. Uh, let's go straight into the action with my pre-written and hopefully interesting introduction. Follow me to the glittering island archipelago known as the Gifts, to its easternmost island, the densely wooded volcanic island of Dorias, and then to its southern shores and the bustling port city of Everlight, the city that glows. The 400-year history of this great city has seen boom and bust, invasions and civil spats, plagues and plunders and parties and politics. But a constant feature, the reason for Everlight's existence in the first place, and certainly the reason for its current health, is Horifor, a crystalline substance harvested from the glowing headpiece of the legendary fish Iri, now bred and farmed in a lake just north of the city. This clean, renewable energy source is highly lucrative, and the people that oversee its extraction, dispensation and export is the Lamplighters, the oldest and most powerful guild in Everlight. We drop to the district of town known as Trickling, to a huge blue edifice right on the cusp of Lake Gloam, the Lamplight Nurseries. On the fifth floor is a slightly open window. We join the warm sea breeze to blow into an otherwise stifling office, where four creatures sit awkwardly in high-backed chairs, waiting for this introduction to end. But no, there's more. The room you're in is no more than a small office, but it's absolutely dominated by a dark wood double door to your left, which is firmly closed. The only noise to break the awkward silence comes from a desk across from you, where a goblin receptionist is slowly stamping various letters while never taking her eyes off you. Out of the window, you look over Everlight, sweltering in the morning sun. It's a clear day. You can see past the rises, the multiple hillocks, each topped with a grand building, to the mess of roofs and streets known as Safe Harbour your home, and beyond that, Southlook Bay, glittering in the sunlight. None of you have been to the Lamplight nurseries before, but the reputation of the Lamplighters precedes them. When you responded to the job posting asking for intelligent persons for highly technical contract work, you didn't expect a response, not least to be contacted by the oldest, richest guild in the city. Even being noticed by the Lamplighters is an honour. And here you sit, waiting to be welcomed. What do we see as we look at you four sitting there in this room? So Linus will be sitting there, just in the corner. Um, just you, you'll see him sit like he's uh, a, a brass dragonborn with kind of silvery aspects as his scales kind of just shimmer in the the light slightly. He's got these deep purple eyes and um, like long silver scales hanging down from his chin as if they were a, a beard. Um, he's wearing his scale armor, which he pretty much never removes um, just gently polishing a few of the, of the scales which you can see are like a mix of colours and the, the scales at the top kind of um, visibly thicker and a bit more worn than, than those at the bottom um, he's just got one of his hammers off of his belt and just is gently just fixing a few of the, the missing clasps on 
on the side of his his armor. As you do this, the goblin looks up and goes, fixes you in the eyes. He lowers the hammer back down to his belt and pulls out a pair of pliers instead, which he just kind of like really gently tries to close one of these these metal rings. Holding the, the, armor. the goblin receptionist begins to stamp the letters in a more aggressive way now, uh, with her eyes fully on you as she does. I just, at you with I just continue. Where do you hide? This, uh, this needs fixing. Not in this room. I'm trying to concentrate. Okay. And I'll just take it, uh, my pliers down, put them back at my belt, and then just lean backwards in the chair, hoping that it will just slightly squeak as I do so. <laughs> uh, make me an uh, acrobatics check to see if you can make, make it squeak. Okay. Let's uh, see. 19. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you man. <laughs> You manage to get a righteous squeak out of this chair. As you lean back, it goes crunch, and she looks up at you with the most vile eye. I, th- I think your chair needs oiling. <laughs> she um, nods, pulls out a little small valve of oil, and just comes round right up to you, oiling right behind you and laying a little bit drip on your armour. Linus is, is used to that. <laughs> he just kind of just looks at it and just uh, gets some of it on his fingers and then just uses it to, to polish up the rest of the, uh, the scales that are on his armour. And she's pretty furious about the fact that you enjoyed that. She goes back, she slams down the uh, the oil and carries on stamping her letters. Who else do we have in this room? Uh, Nigel is, uh, is a, a large uh, purple-faced creature uh, with little horns and tiny, even tinier wings jutting out the back, wearing lots of layers of various clothes, certain chic style to him. And he sat there and he's he's watching the, the goblin stamp at that and, and after a while he looks across the table to his companion Dickie and says to Dickie Do you think we could make a stamping machine? You know, like a an automatic stamp on a magma Do you know what Nigel, that would be amazing. And you know what we could do? We could fix it to the squeakless chair so that you could do the two things together. And then we could save so much bill on non-squeaky oil. What do you think? We'll put them together. We should should immediately... Excuse me, uh, ladies, man, uh, person. Could could I borrow your stamp of the map so I can re-ample it? Uh, Give me a persuasion check, please, Nigel. Uh, Could that possibly be right? 23? Goodness me! Uh, that, 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 was a, that was a natural 20, by the way. Oh my god! Natural 20? Nat 20. Look at you go. Look at that first roll of the campaign! <laughs> <laughs> this is just going very well indeed! Let's face it, Matt! scrapes back her chair um, and with even even with a natural 20 she is she's pretty furious about this but she goes um, I would hate be anything less than welcoming to our visitors. She walks over and she um, she places it down in your hand, ink down, so that you <laughs> you have the word rejected uh, in red ink on the palm <laughs> of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Nigel's going to uh, just just walk over to the other side of the table to, to Dickie and go. Uh, what kind of fuel do we need next? Um. I think that we need big fuel. Big fuel. Anybody got any big fuel? She starts putting all of her things away from her desk and hiding them in shelves. Not me! No fuel! 
absolutely not. Could you be quiet, please? I'm trying to concentrate. Hey, Nigel, should we, uh, should we build a, a quiet machine for her? A quiet maker. Quiet maker. I love Are we that. talking? Uh, as, as Dickie is talking here, who are we seeing? This this other inventor in the room. Uh, so I'm tiny. My hands are all over the place. Every time, um, every time somebody says anything, right? I'm just brimming with ideas, and I gesture. Is it gesticulate? Is that the word, or did I just make that up? It yeah, definitely is that word. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll use that word then, gesticulate. You're going to hear a lot of that in this, this episode. Do you use um, only so I... that word, please, today? <laughs> <laughs> word of the day is... <laughs> so I gesticulate, um, and uh, every single time uh, every single time somebody says anything, I just cut in with my idea, and I kind of bounce around between, um, between uh, you know, my two feet, like I'm in a little bit of a dance step. And um, I'm wearing lots of finery, so, uh, you know, so I look the part and, um, you know, even though I'm even though I'm quite small, um, I'm noticed because uh, because I just I I look rich. I look important. The the goblin receptionist uh, now standing on her chair, protecting all of her items, looks at you and goes, uh, two questions. Um, firstly, how long will it take to invent this quiet machine? Uh, probably l- almost no time. And second of all, will it be loud as you invent the quiet machine or will even inventing the quiet machine be quiet? Hmm. Very good questions. So I feel like we could build a timeline for you. Um, where if you wanted us to speed up, because what do you reckon, Nigel? We could get it done within um, seven years. Um, well, I think that would have to be the premium back, uh, pack. Definitely so, premium. Yeah, yeah. She begins to um, sort of rock on her chair uh, with her hands, uh, her hands uh, sort of covering her forehead as she just sort of rocks and goes, "Oh my goodness, who are these people? Uh, when will they get called through?" She looks pleadingly at this large oak double door uh, not the one you came in from but the the one that you're assuming you're waiting by um and she just kind of like pleads at it quietly um ignoring everything you're saying and the final member of this party um introduce yourself please uh yeah so like like for range is a sort of a silver tabby tabaxi uh most often wrapped up and with the hood up on a, a dark coloured cloak with very big, very starey eyes. And I think currently at the point at which this poor receptionist has put her head in her hands is now face first in one of the desk drawers having a little nose around. Uh, she catches this and immediately goes, excuse me, and she puts her face also in the desk. Uh, excuse me, hello? I just wondered what was in here. What are we doing in this in this desk? Well, I don't know what you're doing in this desk, but I'm having a look. I'm having a look, and I'm seeing a cat in my desk. So could we both leave the desk at once? I don't know, can we? Is there enough space? Is space to leave? But you said, could we? Will we? Shall we? <laughs> I, mean, I suppose so, if that's what you want. It's more interesting inside the desk than out of the desk. Well, it, it, unless you can climb entirely in the desk and me close it, I'm finding it rather cluttering. And I try and climb entirely into the desk. <laughs> Give me a... <laughs> um... I mean, I, I suppose this is dexterity, isn't it? Give me an this is this is which is a sort of acrobatics. Give me an acrobatics check, please. <laughs> That'll be 
be a 14 to climb inside the desk. I mean, you're large, and this is this is a draw. I feel like you managed to get... The biggest draw I can imagine being part of a desk still wouldn't leave... Like, it would, your legs would still be hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I feel it's like they're like when you take an actual cat to the vet and they hide their face in your armpit. They're like, you can't see me, so I'm just like, see, I'm in the desk now. Like a cat at me. the vet. Like a cat at the vet. And um, are your paws slightly sweaty at this point? Yes, sweaty paws just face in the desk drawer, convinced that I'm inside there. Uh, at exactly this moment, the doors creak open and two large minotaur guards walk out with these great axes. Um, the, the, yeah, the double doors open up, there's a darkness inside and, and the, the guards step out and slam down their axes on the ground. Uh, you see the goblin receptionist jump um, as she uh, sees them, but then also relax slightly. She goes, oh, good, um, looks like uh, they're ready for you. Please leave, please leave nothing. Um, please leave everything that you took and just leave and, and try never to come back. Uh, thank you. She doesn't like us very much. What? What? What about the sound machine? Well, it um, didn't yes. even get to. Well, I, I'm not in charge of budgets. Um, my boss is inside, and he can uh, he can help you with that. If he's going to order one of these, maybe he'll uh, he'll he'll commission you for it. But right now, what I need is to finish my stamping. I've got lots and lots of letters to reject, and very little time to do it. Well, I think we need to speak with your boss then. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate to ask this, but may I have my stamp back? Uh, it's a uh, prototype sampler one, blood. You know, focus group. Um, that, yeah. Uh, on I, I, but I only have... I, that's my rejected stamp. I only have an accepted stamp, and I really can't accept anything. Maybe you can just accept it uh, twice. That'll undo it. Like, double Zs. Oh, like two yeses make a no, is that right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, she... Oh, yeah, she, she takes her, her accepted one and she sort of looks at it for a while and goes, Well, um, whatever the case, please leave. Please, please, very, very quickly leave. Right, what an amazing business process we've created. Now you only need one stamp instead of two. D, 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 D. We've just made our first profit. Although, uh, I'm in the, in the form of uh, a stamp. But we can a stamp. But, but a, a, a rejected stamp. Yeah. Oh, we should have told everybody outside that we were going to take the rejected gun to put a letter in yesterday. And if they put a letter in yesterday, then we would have been able to approve it by getting the stamp of the rejected and they can't get that. And didn't tell everybody that two accepted is double accepted. You feel a tap on your shoulder. No. It's the goblin. <laughs> She's standing on the desk. Um, I, 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 I really can't be any more clear than I already am being about this. Please leave this room. Linus is going to stand up. We'll just walk over to the the side of the desk and uh, pull light through rain out of the desk by like the scruff of the neck, and kind of just <laughs> place her next to him, and then just start walking through. This is what I like to see: a bit of a bit of um, uh, uh, obedience. There's a spider in there. You should look after it. Thank you. Yes, that's that's where I keep him. Dickie, Dickie, we better go. We can't let them do the talking. Wait, you're the mastermind. You're the, you're the thinker. Let's, let's negotiate. Right, we're going to see your boss now, Goblin Lady. <laughs> see you later. Uh, you head away from this woman who um, sits down exasperated and begins to take all of the things out of her desk again that she put in. Uh, yeah, so, Nigel, feel free to add rejected stamp into your inventory. Um, Perfect. 
step inwards into the gloom of this large room uh, within the doors. Um, the walkway that you step on is suspended above six enormous circular fish tanks that take up the vast majority of this room, sort of below floor level, essentially. And in the centre of this room, along the end of this suspended walkway, is a circular floor with a prim desk and some office shelving, at which sits an imposingly large loxodon in a prim suit and a dark blue half cape. He's got this enormous uh, trunk, which curls forward and upwards in, in, a, in a sign of uh, real high class. Um, it, it, it's curled politely, his huge grey ears flap forward at each of your footsteps as he sort of listens to your approach. Standing beside him, uh, at the same height as him, despite the fact that he's sitting and she's standing, is a halfling woman with dark hair and an equally prim trim. She reaches up to whisper something in his ear. Um, out of the corners of your eye, you spot that each fish tank is occupied by a range of tropical-looking sea creatures. What with the movement of the water and the low lighting, blue ripples of light jag across the ceiling in chaotic patterns. And these two Minotaur guards fall into step behind you. As uh, Minor Centis is going to continue to walk towards this Loxodon, um, whilst also, again, just trying to make sure that light through rain doesn't get totally distracted by all of the fish tanks uh, uh, as we're walking through. Light through rain make me a wisdom saving throw to see if you do get distracted by all of these <laughs> fish tanks. How <laughs> exciting! I'll be at 22. Uh, despite the fact that you're almost certain there's tuna in these um, in these tanks, you, you stay held on to Linus. Um, uh, tell me, are, are, are you... It's a slightly crushing grip because on the one hand there's interesting fish tanks but on the other hand they are in water I don't like water oh cripes okay so you try and stay as central as you can to this warm walkway the furthest from any water you can find <laughs> yeah and you head towards this enormous loxodon who as you approach you see him sort of soften slightly and go welcome welcome to the lamplight guild I am as you I'm sure you recognise Commissioner Rumpkin Dazzlestunk. And this is my assistant, Sardina. Yes. This is the part, I'm, I'm awfully sorry, this, you may not be familiar with this, this is the part where you introduce yourselves. Oh, I'm Nigel Hosrin. Right, you're, you're large, aren't you? Sorry? I like yes. What I like to see, yes, yes. Huge. Have you ever been on a boat before? Yes. They're small, aren't they? Well, some of them. I've been on large pleasure vessels myself. I, I have oh. the, uh, an appetite for the finer things in life. Oh, well, I, I like the appetite. Uh, I can make a machine that can put things into your mouth. <laughs> well, uh, interesting. Good. Uh, good to know. Good to know, considering why you've come here, that you are something of a, a fiddly-fingered gentleman. Get this. Yeah. Uh, well, are you are you all called Nigel Hellscream? Ah, no, that's so, just me. So Dicky pushes his way to the front, um, right up towards the the Loxodon. Uh, I think um, at this point the the desk dwarfs you, so he can no longer see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't notice. You're very observant. So, um, so I do a little bow. And um, and uh, I say, we're very, very happy to be here, Mr. Fuzzle Flump. 
Um, and uh, we uh, we also want to return your uh, your stamp, Nigel. Go and go and give him his rejected stamp. Aha! We can we can test it if you want. Give, give, give I have your a prototype um, automated stamper. It's a very rough prototype. What you do is you take this in your hand and then you just keep stamping like this and then you have to move things under it or yourself to those things and and this iterative design says that we have the basis of a minimal viable product here he takes quite a long pause and then turns his head slightly to one side and goes Sardina I believe this man is such an idiot that my desk has begun to speak to me <laughs> he looks he looks down at the desk me here I am yes I can see you Sardina what <laughs> Sardina uh, by this point is uh, is pushing back his desk so that you are now his <gasps> side of the desk and sort of at his knees at which point he sort of jumps back oh mouse goodness <laughs> What? This is... <clears throat> so, Etiquette so again, suggests you stay on the other side of the desk, sir. So, so we do a little bow again, and went and say, Darkwood Basilisk the 17th, a privilege. Yes, uh, Commissioner Dump- Rumpkin Dazzlestunk uh, speaking. Uh, I'm very, very glad to make your acquaintance. He holds out an enormous hoof to shake your hand. So I, I shake his hand and say, um, Glad to be here, uh, Mr. Fuddle Stump. Make me a strength saving throw. <laughs> That's not going to go well. <laughs> Do I have any bones left in my hand? Uh, you tell me what number you rolled. Uh, uh, I've got a three, a twelve. Okay, so it's the, it's, the, it's the one on the left, yeah. Oh, so it's a three. It's a three! Uh, no, yeah, no. So, so bad bad news in terms of hand bones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he does what can be only described as the trunk, which is, which is funny because his, his trunk does sort of make trumping noises as he completely crushes your hand uh, for uh, three points of bludgeoning damage. Oh. Quite embarrassing if you're unconscious from a hand check. There is sort of a, a resounding crunch which echoes on these kind of dome-like walls. So he could have, I think he looks vaguely proud of himself. Uh, this was clearly a test of manliness, which he has won. <laughs> well, it's all points of view. Linus would absolutely just wince slightly, just a slight close of the eyes and like a turn down of the head as he just hears the cracking in in Dickie's hand. And he'll just sort of like walk over and then offer out his hand to, uh, to Rumpkin and just say, uh, Linus of Monardis and then I'll just look down at Dickie and just kind of whisper I'll, I'll see if I can fix that for you later uh, make me a strength saving throw please Linus <laughs> uh, it. that's a four <laughs> <laughs> yes yes this is the way this is the way it's always been done <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right. You take. Sorry, hang on a second. 
Uh, oh, four points of bludgeoning damage as your hand is crushed between his enormous <laughs> fingers. Linus will do everything in his power not to show that it hurts. Okay, maybe a deception check. Deception oh, check. Uh, it could be, yeah, no, it could be a performance check. Deception check, whatever you prefer. Uh, I will go with deception. Okay. That's an 18. Yeah, you manage to um, sublimate this uh, this pain somehow. You kind of your face tightens for a second, but you um, uh, you you pretty much hold you know hold firm. Um, he looks proudly at both of your broken hands and goes, "Who's next?" I I, I will walk away and just go. Pleasure to meet you. Ah, it sounds nice. like a loxodon. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, cat? Fancy a handshake? No, in my culture. When, when someone holds out their hat, you back them on the face. You can do that. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to uh, contravene your, your own cultural etiquette, but I'd rather not be slapped on the face at this current moment. I could do it, Jen. Well, uh, I, uh, I suppose... Give me a persuasion check, please. <laughs> 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 um, uh, it's going to be a 19. <laughs> well, he, looks, he looks at Sardina. Uh, am, I, am I covered for this? Sardina sort of shrugs. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, you, yeah, yes. Uh, it's, it's a yes. Uh, do, do we shake first or do you back my face first? How does this, how does this work in... Uh, in, in, in uh... You, you hold out your hand and yes. then instead of taking it, I slap you on the face. <laughs> he sort of leans, he kneels down in front of you. Um, uh, as he does so, he kind of curls his trunk around and you kind of feel the hot breath, the slightly panicky breath as he, a little bit worried, kind of reaches out his hand. Be, be gentle, please. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll gently slap him on the face. Do you want to do an unarmed attack? <laughs> I think it's an unarmed attack, yeah. Okay, um, yeah, go for it. I mean, as, as a tabaxi, you have claws, so you can use your claws if you want to. I mean, yeah, that probably is the most accurate thing to do. Do you want... 15's a hit. Hits. <laughs> <laughs> How much damage? Only one. I'm, I'm not a strong tabaxi. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Well, yeah, uh stands up again, rubbing his face. Yes, uh, I say I've not been to, uh, is it Loch Lochreas, where your family are from? Yes. If I, I think after that I plan, plan not to, to be honest. Yes, lots of people don't. You took it very well. Well, well thank you, yes. Uh, well, I would never cry. I cried uh, very much as a young boy and was punished for it each time, so I have learned, and am proud of having learned never to cry or show emotion apart from mild amusement and, and also mild uh, disappointment. He looks to you, uh, Nigel, with mild disappointment. Uh, you have been stamping my desk now for some time, and uh, <laughs> I can see that my desk has been rejected uh, on multiple grounds. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you like the automated stamper? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll put both hands behind my back. In a in a pose that's definitely saying I'm stopping now, but please don't try to shake my hand. <laughs> uh, I suppose we've reached an impasse here. Yeah. I uh, 
I apologize if I was came on a little strong to you two gentlemen who I've uh, <laughs> shaken your hands. It is a, <clears throat> it's a I tend to be uh, an overpowering and impressive presence for all who meet me. I'm sure you feel the same. Uh, Absolutely. Dickie's squirming. <laughs> yes. Please, please, take a seat. Uh, you see that Sardina is kind of quickly setting out four chairs on the other side of his desk. Am I trying okay. to pick one up? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as you do so, Sardina sort of lays a hand on your shoulder and goes, um, sorry, um, what's going on? Well, he said take a seat. Yeah, yes, yes, um, right. So I see what's happened here. I think what he means to say is sit down on the chair facing him on the other side of his desk. On this this side of his desk. Well, that makes far more sense. Yes. That's why people are more obvious. Well, I, I apologise on behalf of Mr. Russell Stunk. Mr. Who? <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to introduce myself, Dickie. Repeat after me, Commissioner. Commissioner? Rumpkin. Rumpkin. Uh, <laughs> Dazzlestunk. Fubble Wub. <laughs> right. Well, what the uh, accent you have there, Diggy? <laughs> I'll just look over at Nigel and just say, uh, it makes significantly more sense why you needed an interpreter now. <laughs> I am speaking in the common tongue. What you choose to use is a, a bastardization, a pigeon of my fine speech. I like pigeon. Ooh, well, we can make a translation machine. We can get a box of pigeons. A quality assurance on the outside. Yeah, out of pigeons. Oh, and then we could we could get light through rain to look after them. They could teach me to fly. <laughs> <laughs> this is all very in- impressive and encouraging, but uh, none of this is the reason why I have brought you here today. Uh, may I please um, uh, uh, alert you to a couple of pieces of information that my background checkers have dug up about you? Yes. Uh... Let me see if I've got this right. Your your business name is Cloud Balls Inc. Mm. Correct? Yes. Yeah, we have to say it with gusto. Uh, uh, the Cloud Balls Inc. The, the yeah. Cloud Balls Inc. The Cloud Balls Inc. Right. I'll, I'll leave that to... emphasize the balls. I wasn't sure. For. <laughs> I try, in all cases, not to emphasize the balls. Okay. <laughs> okay. He sort of adjusts himself in his chair, crosses his legs. Um... It says here that your successes in technology up to this point have been, and then it's just a blank, a blank space. Is this, is this correct? Um, we have many, uh, uh, minimal viable products. Right. <laughs> so, Encouraging early stages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not not right now. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm told that one of your minimum viable products would be uh, a, an attempt to replace the need for Horror 4 in this city. Now, given 
that my guild are responsible solely for the production and distribution of Horrifor, and that it is illegal in Everlight to produce anything that may replace the need for Horrifor. Uh, tell me <clears throat> uh, about this invention that you have created. <laughs> well, you can't stand in the way of progress, but uh, it's also an opportunity for the healing guild. Should we leave it at that? Right. So you're saying you're, you're, you're uh, in some ways, uh, increasing the need for healthcare in the city. Uh, yes, but, um, but, hmm. It's one and of the minor the... bugs on our backlog. But one of the key ingredients is snail shell. And because of that, we have purged the city of snails. Well, thank you for that. I never had noticed the need to purge the city of snails. He um, he looks down to one of the fish tanks, which has lots and lots of sea snails, uh, and then nods and looks back. Please, please, uh, I, I have something for you. And Sardina hands you a letter which just says cease and desist on the front. It's, <laughs> it's for reading in your own time. It, honestly, don't, don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about, but probably worth a little uh, bedtime reading. <laughs> Uh, but, but no, I mean, uh, uh, tell me, it says, it says here that you're, um, <clears throat> you're a, a, a motivated and able team who have uh, been the, uh, the inventors and developers of, of plenty of exciting new uh, ideas. Uh, tell me about your greatest idea. Oh, go, Nigel, let's tell him about Kubernetes. I think he can handle it now. Okay. Are you ready? No. Yes. What? Yes. That's exactly the right mindset. So, imagine this. You're a farmer. You can see he's struggling to imagine that. <laughs> You're growing turnips. Fast, fast fields of turnips. Oh. And you know... Um, you, um, need to get your turnips from the place of ruination to the place of salification. I've got it. I pay somebody to do it for me. Ah, but how I many can they take at once? Well, uh, I don't, uh, one, I suppose. Seven. Right. Seven. Seven, yes. Okay. Seven. Because you've got two hands yes. in which you can have three turnips. Okay. And then you've got one that you can secrete somewhere else. Seven. <laughs> oh, yes. In my Always trunk. seven. Always seven. That's the magic number. Anyway, as we as we continue um, with 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 his seven, he has to go from the place of glorification to the place of salination sel- um, uh, 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 many many times. And what happens if one day you wake up and your field is full of ripe turnips and oh, they're okay. starting to attract the seagulls? He puts his hand up. Oh, hello. Oh, you, you, you pay somebody to sort it out. Uh, you pay someone to sort it out slowly and with lots of money. Yes. Uh, thousands yes, of millions exactly. of... Millions. Yes. But yes. if you're trying to sellify your glorifications, then you're working to profit margins, aren't you? Profit margins, and uh, they're very slim in these times. Yes. So, we can boost the profit margins by containerizing the containers of the containers of the turnips and putting them on the back of a wagon. And taking yeah. it tomorrow, but then what? What we we uh, uh, Dickie's idea was brilliant, brilliant. So wagon, turnip, Kubernetes. Dickie, 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 explain. 
So, if you have lots of turnips, you can put them in Kubernetes and they will just get to town. So many turnips, you, you can't even imagine. More turnips than the eye can see. Um, <laughs> just think, we could, we, 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 could, we could solve world hunger with this. As you're writing this, you can see that he's, he's listening, but also very much writing another letter, which he then folds up, seals, hands to Sardino. She hands it to you, and you can see it's a second cease and desist letter. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 I am very impressed, and, and I don't mean in any way to say I don't understand what you're saying. I, I fully understand and uh, un- agree that this is a good idea, but that, I'm afraid, is going to be the end of this business venture. I have something greater to offer you. Something which will define your success in life. Something which will give you meaning, finally, in your pathetic small lives. Parsnips? Closer. This... Potatoes? Worms. Worms. Closer yet. This is something so secret, so magnificently important that your name's could well be inscribed in some sort of placard in a back room of the Lamplight Guild and left to be seen by very few people for potentially dozens of years before being replaced. That's how relevant you could become. And you'll be paid well in gold. Oh, Nigel, I think our numbers come in. Uh, sounds good. Um, I just hope it's something to do with turnips after all. I don't want all that investment in marketing. Let me tell you, if I were to reveal to you the nature of this job, I would need for you first to sign me an NDA. No dragon agreement, exactly. No dragons are allowed between me and you and this working agreement. Oh. Can I just ask... Yes. Uh, do I'm dragon born? Am I still allowed to participate in this? Uh, well, it depends how you uh, how you uh, consider yourself. Are you more humanoid or more bestial? I, 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 humanoid in mentality, bestial in physicality. Right, yes, yes, uh, me too, of course, yes, so that's fine. Uh, as long as you renounce renounce any sort of draconic uh, needs, it, it just it makes it easier. Uh, dragons, we, we find, are not great business partners. Anybody who would uh, enter into business with a dragon <laughs> will normally find themselves on the losing end. Okay. Ah. <laughs> right. Really, really, really? Right, we need to hide our dragon business partners. I'm going to will this out mentally to the rest of the even though I don't have any telepathic powers but I think I do I'm going to wheel this out to the rest of the group that um, for them not to say anything about Dragon's Den I'm, co- I'm, I'm looking really hard concentrating give me a performance check please uh, we'll do this contested all the three of you can do me an insight check uh, to see if any of you can um, get high enough here oh <laughs> For me. 20 for me. Uh, 9 for me. Okay, yeah, so you all really, really look deeply into Dickie's eyes and think he may just try to do a very difficult poo. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> 
it's unclear why uh, you feel this may be an act of defiance or protest. It really, it's, it's hard to say, say at this point exactly what's going on. Um, I think we've already just... spoken to some dragons and they might be following us because of a terrible misunderstanding. Oh. <laughs> you Did you just, sorry, I must be uh, hearing things. Did you say that you've entered into business with dragons? <laughs> no, I said, what if we have? <laughs> Oh. No, it's um, it's not business, really. It's more. It was, you know, um, they were big fans of the, of the idea. But the thing is, um, uh, what Please is happen. more important is the yes. opportunity ahead of us. Yes, yes. Well, if if and it's it's clearly a big if, but if you had entered into business with dragons and not disclosed this at this point. Uh, we would, of course, uh, have to uh, cut short this agreement, and the many hundreds of gold pieces that would be travelling your way would, of course, not be valid, and they would be reclaimed by us, the Lamplight Guild. This is understood, of course, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Of course. That's not a problem. Dragons. Dragons. Wagons. Wagons. That's what we meant to say. Dra- wagons, you know, wagons with the turnips on. That's That's right, wagons. Wagons, not dragons. Wagons are our business partner. <laughs> Linus, Linus feels very uncomfortable with this entire conversation. <laughs> the, the, the hostility towards dragons is really uh, just visibly affecting him. Oh, um, Commissioner Duddlestunk uh, brings out a, a, a beautiful contract with space for your four names at the bottom and hands you a pen. At this point, I can't even hold the pen because I can't feel my hand. <laughs> uh, Sardina says, oh, well, um, actually, there is another way. Um, uh, she brings out a lipstick and says, you could just uh, apply this to your lips and then kiss the contract. It's another way you could do it. What? what? Oh. A lip signer. What a, yes. what, a, what a great idea. Nigel, I think we can productionize this. Yeah, we could grind up lips. And then we could get them into a little, like, <laughs> little paste. And then, is that what you're thinking? We get ground up lips, and you could put yes. them in, you could carry it and make a, you could draw, and it would be made of lips, so it would work. And signatures. So, so Sardina, could you put the, be kind enough to put the, uh, the, the lipstick on me, please? <laughs> she, uh, quite carefully, quite close up, applies a beautiful, uh, coat of lipstick onto your lips. Oh, lovely. What colour is it? Oh, it's a, it's a hot pink. Oh, okay, just my colour. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss my name onto the, um, onto the contract. Commissioner, Do- Commissioner does some nods approvingly. And the rest of you, please. Nigel <clears throat> will, uh, will walk up and we'll, um, look very, great detail at this, uh, NDA. Uh, Probably not actually bother reading it, but just look at it and just pass his eyes over every line. <laughs> and smile knowingly. And sign it. Oh, excellent. He uh, he sort of breathes a sigh of relief as he realises that you didn't use the stamp. <laughs> um, and uh, the other two of you? Uh, Linus absolutely will pick up the piece of paper and actively sit back down on the chair and read it. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, yeah. Uh, Can I read over your shoulder, just like, chin, chin uh, on shoulder? Absolutely. 
It's it's a long contract. It's written in very very fine small print. Um, probably about forty five minutes later, once you've read all of the notwithstandings and wherewiths and wherefores, you get to the end <laughs> and you realise that basically it's 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 your normal your normal stuff. It means very little, but it, it's sort of promising you to you know eternal servitude, um, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, so like like an Apple consumer agreement. <laughs> So uh, Linus will also go to, to sign it, but have the mangled hand, and then uh, look at was it Sardina to yeah. to get the the lipstick put on, but then also realise that as a dragonborn he doesn't really have lips; it's more of a muzzle. Uh, so do his best to like slightly purse whatever lip is there. Right. Uh, yes, she sort of puts lipstick sort of on your nose ridge and on your snout and just sort of, just sort of where do I stop How, where's the sort of where does it end just, just stop at the stop at the droopy bits oh, oh sorry I, I'm afraid I got a little bit of lipstick on the droopy bits I'm so sorry that's, that's fine okay well she sort of stands back and admires her work yeah yes kiss here please uh, just yeah squidge <laughs> The entire, the entire paper has a perfect facial imprint of you. <laughs> it's a very good likeness. Thank you. Oh, um, light through rain will just sort of, you know, examine it for a little bit longer, and then just, um, I think, just sort of gently rub my gums on it. There you go. <laughs> Smells of me now. Right. Yes. Uh, can that can that be admissible in a court of law? Um, Sardina sort of um, thinks for a while and goes, "I'll just outline it in lipstick. Is that okay?" Yes. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> she um, does a sort of a little outline of the slimy slimy trail and nods, folds it up, and and, and squirrels it away. Oh yes, uh, Sardina will make copies for you to have when you uh, when you return home. No, the good news is that we have reached an agreement. You are now employees of the Lamplight Guild. You shall be remunerated healthily for your job, and I get to reveal to you one of the city's greatest secrets. Yes. Just one? Could we negotiate on that? (laughs) Well, I could could reveal reveal two secrets, I suppose. I was edging for three. Three secrets. Seven. Um, seven is the magic number. Seven. Seven. What Nigel said. Give me a persuasion check, please, on seven secrets. <laughs> I think with disadvantage. This is a, this is a big claim. So the, with disadvantage here, Richard, just choose the. <laughs> so I got a nat twenty <laughs> as my first. I, I, got seven, that one. I got a seventeen, so it still makes a dirty twenty. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got a dirty twenty. You also rolled, Dicky, and got a one. So, uh, <laughs> that's an average. That's an average of ten. I I think maybe maybe one big secret and one small secret. How about that? Uh, can I have the big one? You, you will all have the big one. It's too big a secret for one brain to hold. Okay, is your brain not holding it? Do we well, have to uh, cut up the secret? Then? The secret must stay whole. It cannot be sliced. Otherwise, it would become a number of smaller secrets. Uh, yeah, should we should we resolve this smaller secret first? Yes, yes. That's. Let, let, so, uh, I, I want that one. Well, okay. Uh, he, he he leans forward to you and whispers in your ear. Uh, earlier, I lied when I said I don't feel emotion. I sometimes cry late at night. 
with, with, with my other with my other hand that hasn't been crossed. I pat him on the head gently. No, thank you. On I appreciate. Oh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. He holds out his hand to shake yours. <laughs> Let this be a gentleman's a gentleman's agreement. Yes. I think I jump back a foot. Uh, I understand. Uh, sometimes my strength and prowess can be a little bit intimidating for for small people like you. Well, uh, <laughs> keep my little sm- secret. Uh, small? Well, I'm tall. Ah. No. Ah. Uh, 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 um, I'm Nigel. I'm 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 I'm, I'm like a giant. Dicky, you're you're the the biggest uh, in every way. I can see that I have uh, been been rude, and for that I I apologise. Uh, let me let me shake your hand. You you, you no, uh, we can dispense with that. But it, I, I will forgive you. Uh, it would be nice to get another small secret as well. Ah, uh, let me see. Um, yes, yes, I've got one. I've got one. Yes. Um, <laughs> he leans forward I... again. And <laughs> I've got to think of another secret now. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. It goes there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a hot sleeper, so I wear two pairs of pajamas, lest the first one sweat and it becomes sodden. Oh, well, you need to try our duality pajamas. Excuse me. Our duality pajamas. Uh, uh, how, uh, how do they work? Um, well, uh, I can't just tell you. Um, it's a secret. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, Nigel, you know the, uh, I whispered to Nigel, you know, you know the potato sack that we did? Yeah. That we have in the back, right? Uh, the duality pajamas, can you get them out, please? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> Roots around in my backpack. I... I don't really have anything in my bag. At that moment, uh, Linus is instead going to go into his bag and pull out an old potato, like, hessian sack that now has got two clockwork fans installed where both of the butt cheeks would be. My goodness me! Wow! Can can we do a retrospective intelligence check to see how well made this is, please? Uh, intelligence, did you say? Just, yeah, flat intelligence, please. <laughs> flat intelligence. Unless you want to... Have you got Tinker's Tools? I do have Tinker's Tools. Give me a Tinker's Tools check, please, yeah. Okay. okay. In a flashback. Yeah, Tinker's Tools. It's a... Uh, an 11. Okay. Um, we, we flash back to you, uh, sort of... Um, with a needle and thread, kind of, uh... Getting these fans and kind of, um... What's the word, uh... Misha, what's the, what's the word? Stitching! Stitching! We see you <laughs> stitching these small uh, built-in clockwork fans into the inside of the sack. Um, they kind of hang loosely off, so they're actually kind of facing downwards. Um, and then we're back to the, the present day as you hand this, this sack to him, and he looks a little bit um, disappointed that he immediately shared his secret. Um, <laughs> but, but looks down, and as he, as he looks in, you see his, his kind of um, elephant face hair be slightly pushed backwards by the the rotation of the air inside the sack and looks up with um, <laughs> with mild approval. It doesn't look exactly comfortable, but it does feel cool. They they have to be uh, re- returned, the, the clockwork. It has to be returned every two to three hours. So just 
Yes, they're drooping down. It looks like they might uh, slightly impede my freedom of movement if I were to say turn over in the middle of the night. I wouldn't suggest laying on them. Uh, well, the difficulty with, with sleeping, I don't know if this is the same for Dragonborn, but the difficulty with sleeping is I rather lose consciousness, and I don't necessarily have that much um, control over the, my, my alignment. <laughs> you could always try sleeping standing up. No, 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 no. This, this was why, you see, we offer the pyjamas as a freemium service. Now, you have just correctly identified one of the drawbacks to the free tier, which is that uh, if you fall over, accidentally bits get stuck in, chopped off, oh dear, not the best. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a tier that you can pay extra for, monthly revenue, uh, recurring, as it were, and uh, what we do there is we put little little uh, little knives in the sides. And as you try in life, you see if you two try and move, it's and unconscious or not, you move back away from there. So maybe small stabs, but no chopping off. Right, a sort of det- a movement deterrent. I see. I, yes. Well, I'm. Thank. Thank you. Thank you very much. He hands the bag to Sardina. Um, and so, and so sort of. sign you up. I. I. Well, let's move on. Thank you. Credit cards. Credit card info. You yes, th- uh, uh, thank you. I will test the, the free version, and uh, I will sign up for the premium uh, the premium content if I am a, a fan. Uh, <laughs> so just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, well, just be careful oh. of your tail. Yes, oh, yes. Now you mention it. That oh yes. Well, thank you. Um, Sarina, put this in the place where all gifts are placed, please. Um, Sarina nods and walks away. And now. It brings me no greater pleasure than to take you to where the magic happens. And he uh, he beckons for you to follow him and takes you out of a, a different doorway to the side of this room. Um, I'm assuming you follow? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Big secret. While I'm still at the desk, I'll take the two cease and desist letters and just quickly start projecting on them and then just leave them on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Noted. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you uh, after doing that, you catch up with the others and you head up this uh, this series of, of grand staircases and corridors. Uh, even though you're on the fifth floor here, it, it feels like you're in the the grand entrance to a huge um, hotel or kind of guild hall building. This is a guild hall building, of course. Um, gold, uh, blue, kind of lapis lazuli uh, embedded into the walls, tiled floors, beautiful azure carpets. Uh, as you head up through staircases, uh, things begin to get a little bit less um, grand, so to speak, a little bit narrower. You, you see um, the guards that were walking by being replaced by a variety of more intelligent-looking people, people with files and folders, um, people with, with samples, maybe even artificers of a sort, um, you know, herbalists, that kind of thing. And eventually uh, you reach a large door um, with a sign saying, Private. Um, and, and then another sign on top of that saying strictly private um, and he he turns around holding the handle of the door and smiles at you yes so as you can see once you've seen the, the delights within this room there really is no going back I mean yes you could go home for a night's sleep a weekend away that kind of thing but if the secret were to get out about what's inside this room there would be a, a rather 
permanent and violent termination to a number of things, including your contract. Just giving you a chance to, to walk away, as is customary in a D&D campaign, if you want to turn away from the adventure and just sit down quietly for many sessions. <laughs> With no challenge or interest at all, <laughs> this would be the time. Uh, yes, we can still leave the building at the end of the day. Yes, yes, you can. You, you could. You, you, you might. Yes, yeah, you must. You must, of course. You, there is lodging. There are lodgings within within the Lamplight Guild. Much, probably, much greater than the lodgings that you uh, yourself own. No, no offence. Um, they are all here. Some people enjoy the lifestyle at the Lamplight Guild so much they barely want to return home at all. We have a gym, a, a barista, yes, we have uh, <laughs> a, a, a barrister as well for your law needs. Uh, dormitories. We met Jim. Ah, yes, well, Jim is the barrister. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, I mean, many people find that office working is a delightful alternative to working from home, and they find they're actually more productive rather than less. Well, that I can do. Good. Well, if, are, are we all clear? Are we all in agreement that this is this is the way forward in your lives? Uh, if the others uh, agree, then what, I'm what, to what, well, what what do we agree on? We're going in there, I think, and then there's going to be a something in there that yeah. I hope is not something more advanced than stretching Nimbus. It is a little advanced, but you have stated in your application that you are the cleverest for humanoids in Everlight, I believe it said. We are. Then we this are. should get ready to meet the fifth most intelligent person in Everlight. And he opens the door. Uh, and what you see behind the door is an absolutely enormous sort of factory room. Um, clockwork and steam chug away as this huge series of machines click and turn and twist. Uh, the most baffling array of different interconnected pieces. Um, there is a, uh, a, a large cage where a white tiger is chasing a gecko, uh, crackling energy kind of coming off this cage and being caught in a large um, uh, funnel. There's an organ being played by pneumatic fingers, pipes everywhere in every direction, bellows kind of pushing and pulling. A huge glowing fish head comes through a hole in the wall and then slides down a kind of marble run type slide. It then flips to one side to slide down another one, goes around a corner and disappears inside a tube. There's a huge thrumming tank, uh, um, uh, sort of enormous metal, metal tank with, with a door uh, and various pipes coming in and out a conveyor belt of little glass globes filled with some interesting substance and a little candle snuffer on an angle poise that heats the glass and seals it on a mechanical arm much like the mechanical arm that you were about to invent with its rejection stamp but this time just heating the glass and, and sealing it with a little sort of candle snuffer and amongst all of these things is this incredibly old rat folk with a long white beard and glasses hanging on the end of his little mousy uh, nose. His scalp has been cut off and his brain is, is sort of half showing um, like a... Like a um, uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking? What's that sort of French pudding that rises up when you cook it? Mm. Soufflé? 
souffle. His brain is kind of showing like a souffle. Thank you. Showing like a souffle. Um, and he's, he's got a clipboard in his hands and he kind of looks around, uh, very distracted by all the machines, adjusts the little cog and then looks at you and goes, come Yes, come on in. These are... Th-. He looks at Commissioner Russell Tunk. Are these, are these the, new, uh, the new hirees? Excuse me. Yes, hello. He sniffs you. Your, your brain isn't inside your head. Oh, it is. It's right there. Look. He points at it. You can see the entire brain in its entirety inside his head. It should be covered up now. Why isn't it no. covered up? No, no, it's much easier to get at it when it's, uh, when it's, it's revealed. Right. Oh, do you think I got this way? <laughs> I was, a, I was a mere, a mere street rat until my brain was revealed and I was, um, fiddled with, so to speak. And, and is everybody like you? No, it is like me. Like I am Griff, the great artificer. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. He holds out his, his paw. Um, so, uh... I will stare at it for a bit. It's like, yes. But that one looks normal. It's just <laughs> a brain that's strange. He sort of looks at it himself, passes it on to the next one, Dickie. He sort of goes to shake your hand instead. Uh, I do, and I, I turn around to Linus and I say, Linus, do we, do we have any brain boxes left? For this gent, and to put his brain in when he when he wants to go to sleep, just to stop it from falling out. I do, I believe we used the last of the boxes of the turnips. <laughs> uh, they're very similar sizes. You see, need to create some more brain boxes. I've been saying for ages what a market there is for this. I think you're missing the point. If I had a brain box on, what am I supposed to do when it itches? And he kind of reaches up and scratches his brain a little bit. See? Um, we've got a machine for that as well, the brain itcher. Um, it's, it's, it's actually integrated into the box. I mean, obviously you'll have to pay for the upgrade. It's tempting, yes, it is very tempting. His tail kind of curls over his hands, clasping them together in thought. Um... And he, uh, he, he grabs a pencil from between his, his, his brain lobes and begins to write on his, um, on his little clipboard. Linus will be quite taken aback by the sheer amount of like, technology that there is in here um, and will just kind of be almost blindly staring just around the room at all of the different like clockwork and, and steam objects just trying to almost take notes mentally of how things are working. Sure, give me an investigation check please. Investigation. That's a seven. Um, yeah, it's pretty baffling. You can sort of just about follow some processes. You can see that the input of this, whatever this great big factory floor is, is somewhere around the fish head slide, and the output is somewhere around the, the glass globes. At this point, so yeah, you don't, you don't get much from it. You're not, you're not entirely sure. But uh, Commissioner Russellstunk sees you trying to figure it out and goes, I can help with that. You probably haven't seen a, a machine like this before, because only one exists in the world. This here is the Horifor refinery. This is the source of the entire lamplighter's wealth. This is what turns the fish heads of the legendary Eerie into this. And he pulls off one of the glass globes from the conveyor belt and 
he, uh, he holds it up. And you can see inside a vaguely glowing substance, a sort of powder. Um, and he just holds it up proudly. This globe itself is worth 120 gold pieces. We produce hundreds of thousands of globes per year. The process of turning the Eerie into Horifor is a closely guarded secret. And while I believe that I trust you all, I also believe that potentially you need to be encouraged. He hands you all potions. A potion of non-disclosure. Just drink this, and when you're out of this room, you won't be able to directly refer to what you can see inside the room. Can I have a look at it and give it a little sniff? Yeah, would this be a nature check, an arcana check, or an investigation check? Um, Yeah, it's it's more of an investigation. Okay, so to do with its properties. Go for it. Or or rather... um, Perhaps maybe like more of an insight thing to try and determine if it is actually some kind of magical potion. If you want to do insight, that'll be on his um, yeah, on his body language. Yeah, yes, go for on it. his. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, that's another seven. Um, you can't tell. You haven't <laughs> seen enough Loxodon faces to know exactly what the the inward curl of his trunk means. But he fe- seems fairly um, kind of uh, he, he wants he really wants you to drink this this potion. If Linus doesn't want his, I'll have it as well. <laughs> Hi, Jules, does it taste nice? And <clears throat> tastes like success. It <laughs> actually does. Or possibly. It... I don't have much experience with that, so uh, <laughs> I think it tastes like success. It could also be plums. It's, it is a mixture, yeah. It, it, the the flavour is balanced beautifully between success and plums, yes. Yeah. Uh, Linus, do you drink yours? Yep, yeah. As soon as I see that there are no immediate negative effects to Nigel, I will uh, take mine. Okay. okay. Uh, so everyone's drunk their potions? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, Commissioner Russell-Sunk takes back the, the, the vials, checks each one is empty, nods approvingly and says, good, 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 excellent. Well... So the reason why we brought you here is that for the last, well, I don't know how many years, um, you see that uh, uh, Griff, the rat folk, goes and looks at his uh, uh, clipboard. 81! For the last 81 years, it has been a mainly one rat affair up here. He, he runs the whole thing. He's the only person in the world who knows how this process works. But! Uh, Griff steps up. The problem is, someone's trying to kill me. Yes, someone's trying to kill Griff. And the thing is, we need some people to inherit the knowledge and uh, and, and take it up and become the, the inheritors of this important information. And that is where you come in. Ooh. We need to find you an inheritor. No, you are the inheritors, yes. Right. I was just going to say, uh, Linus will kind of like look over him and say, I'm rather good at keeping people safe. Uh, if you would sign that. Uh, a mixed. Uh, oh, uh, me, yes! Well, no, I mean, yes, please, I think I'd rather not die, yes! Um, and, and Dickie? Uh, so Dickie says to Griff, me and, me and my crew will not only, will not only look after this and take this very seriously, we'll also focus on process improvement as well. Well, I like the sound of that! I think, I think we might have a deal! You four and I, 
will be in business, and together we will continue to make richer people even richer. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so uh, I'm immediately yes. thinking uh, we have to get Cloud Wars Inc. branding on these clothes. <laughs> I don't think Brenda Globe it'll smash if you put hot iron on it. Uh, Commissioner Russell Stunk immediately sort of looks very disapprovingly at you and goes, well, I, 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 I think we should just hold it there. This is a, a, a lamplighter's product. Uh, uh, one step at a time. And with that, uh, Commissioner Griff, not Commissioner Griff, sorry, uh, and with that, Griff begins to show you the, the ropes. And that is where we'll end our first session. Uh, Woo.